The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to the moms, dads, and kids who are listening. You know, every time before I do a show, I think, man, I hope this is what they need today. And we've got so much going on in our nation that I think, I really just hope this helps you in your life and helps your kids in their lives. And uh, this is why I chose the guest I did today. Just as a reminder, I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom, where we encourage moms because you guys are super important as you raise up that next generation. I got a question for you. Could your child's smartphone be causing damage to their brain, like brain damage almost. Or maybe it's harming their mental health. We've got to talk about this, especially since kids' usage of digital devices has increased during COVID. We've got an expert on the show today to tell us all about the scientific research that proves how technology is causing mental health problems in our kids. He's the author of Disconnected, so stick around for him. Plus, he'll give us five tips on how to stop it all. And we'll also hear from our friends at Camp Haji, so stay tuned for more Channel Mom right after 60 seconds from our amazing sponsors. moms, how about having some good old-fashioned fun with your family? Just drive up to the mountains and spend a day at Idrahaji, one of Colorado's oldest Christian camps, where you can choose from over 20 activity packages, including horseback rides, climbing, archery, and more to create the family adventure that's just right for you. Best of all, you'll enjoy biblical teaching designed to strengthen your family's faith. Idrahaji is implementing COVID prevention best practices, so schedule your adventure today at idrahaji.org. That's I-D-R-A-H-A-J-E.org. I want to tell you about a company I've personally trusted with work in my home. When another company told us we had to get a new furnace, we called Premier Mechanical, and they fixed our old furnace for much less than the cost of a new one. Premier is a licensed, insured air conditioning and heating service provider for the greater Denver area. They service, repair, and replace ACs, furnaces, boilers, swamp coolers, and more. They use upfront pricing so you know what it's going to cost before they begin. Read their reviews by Googling Premier Mechanical Denver or visit their website at ClaimYourComfort.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here. Hey, welcome for back you. to Channel Mom. So glad to have you on board today. A mom market shout out to all of our moms in Kansas, Alabama, Arkansas, right here in the greater Denver area. And also, we may have some moms now in Idaho. So a shout out to them as well. I want to tell you about something super fun you can do with your family in the last month of summer. Our friends at Camp Idrahaji have had to change how they do business this summer. Instead of having a bunch of kids stay in cabins, they're inviting individual families to come and enjoy some amazing offerings at Idrahaji. So we've got Sean Kiernan, my friend up here in Bailey, on the line, uh, and, and I say up here in Bailey because I'm recording this little bit with him, um, today to tell us what they're doing that's really new and uh, can get families involved. Oh, Jenny, thanks for having me. We are excited to be running what we call a Family Mountain Adventures, and this is a chance if you've, for adults and kids together, and by adults I mean moms, dads, uncles, grandmas, grandparents, uh, to experience classic camp 
activities, everything from archery to horseback riding, climbing, and more. Um, if you want to see a bunch of families having a good time together in nature, in God's creation, uh, you've got to check out these family mountain adventures. Yeah, it sounds like a blast. And there's also uh, biblical lessons that go along with it if they want that, right? Absolutely. You know, we, we welcome everybody of every faith and every, uh, every creed at Idrahaji. But what we try to do is just in, a, in, a, in an encouraging way, encourage people in their faith by yeah, sharing biblical devotions, tying in uh, bits of scripture, things like horseback rides and archery uh, in a way that I, I think has been encouraging and fruitful for these families. Awesome. And I, I know that God often turns our trials, as you've uh, been through a trial having to switch everything up because of COVID, yeah, yeah. into triumphs. And, and I know you've got some stories about how this new approach, where you're not bringing in a bunch of kids, but now you're bringing in families and can and love on those families. Have you had any cool stories emerge out of that? Uh, absolutely. I want to share just two, uh, two of them briefly with you. I think uh, one of them has to do with sort of the storms of life which I think ties in greatly to this, uh, this season that we're in of change and a season of uncertainty. And it is really a storm for many families as they adjust and continue to adjust to a normal that's just not normal yet. Here's what uh, one of our folks said. Um, she said, even though uh, well, she said we had a fantastic time, even though we ran into a storm, it was such a good teaching moment for the kids that we run into uh, storms in life. So we're seeing yeah. families who are coming out of difficulty into a uh, you know a couple a, a day of rest in the mountains and they're seeing God in nature and able to relate the things they're seeing around them uh, to their own lives and to to God's plan for them that's encouraging and then yeah. uh, it's beautiful to see grandparents on the scene uh, you know grandparents out there love their grandkids um, here's what one grandmom had to say she said we love this experience for our family the exposure to a new activity for our grandchildren was great. Uh, they all said they would love to go horseback riding again. And what that says to me, we see stories like this where uh, kids are experiencing new things. Some of them are very nervous when they get on a horse. Uh, but we're seeing yeah. stories of kids overcoming fear, which I think is a great analogy for the fear that moms, dads, and all of us are overcoming now, uh, the fear of uncertainty. Yeah. But we're seeing God come through. And to see that happen for families is just, is just amazing to watch. Amen. Amen. And I, and kudos to you guys for turning it around. Um, thanks for sharing those stories. And I want to let people know before we let Sean go, I, I have a heart for Idrahaji. My friends, I posted on social media, my friends work there and, and I want this to work. So many businesses have had to change the way they do things. And I want those businesses and charities to succeed. And, and Idrahaji is one that I really want to do well. So if you just wanted a little extra perk to your summer, family mountain adventure, something really cool and new to do. You can go do archery or horseback riding or whatever. I hope you'll check them out at idrahaji.org and uh, sign up before the summer's over. Thanks so much for being on the show with us today, Sean. Thanks, Jenny. Okay, switching gears now. This interview, I hope, will be life-changing for some families and life-saving for some kids out there because this is a discussion we got to have. Our next guest is a nationally renowned psychotherapist and frequent guest on cable news. He's the co-host of the former A&E series Surviving Marriage and also Monster In-Laws. Uh, his new book is called Disconnected, the subtitle How to Protect Kids from the Harmful Effects of Device Dependency. And he's here to help us rescue our children from their digital devices. I just had a thing with my daughter this morning, which I will tell you about. Welcome to the show, Thomas. 
Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yes, and I should mention, his name is Thomas Kirsting. He is the author of Disconnected, and he knows what he's talking about. He's tapped into all kinds of research that suggests almost kind of a brain damage. Um, I, I want to lead with one little audio clip, and I'd love for you to listen to this, Thomas. I was watching some boys. I live out in the mountains. We live at 8,000 feet, and it's a, you know kind of a rural area, and I would um, you know admit that I watch the kids in our neighborhood just to see kind of what they're up to around our house. And there were two boys walking by, and I noticed that they were just biking and walking and talking to neighbors. And I thought, huh, that's funny. I haven't seen them look at their phones once. So I brought them over and I said, boys, tell me why. And they both had phones with them in their pockets. I said, why are you not looking at your phones today while you're outside? Here's what well, it's because we're outside. So there's no real use to use your phone when you're outside unless like our parents call us. And that's about it. That's about it. How about you? Why don't you use it? Um, it's nice outside and just enjoy it. Uh, it's nice to talk to other people too, especially since the COVID. Okay, how unusual is that? Yeah, that, that's pretty old school. And um, you know what I would say about that is this: I, I, I applaud both of those boys because what we've become a nation of is a nation of doers. We become human doers. We're always doing something, right? Whether it's our phones and so forth. Yeah. But what are we though? We're really human beings, spiritual beings. Yeah. And what that means is that you know those boys are out there with one another tapping into that spiritual element between the two of them. And it's actually something that kids crave, and many of them don't know that they crave that until they put their phones down and actually experience it. Yeah. And, and you say so much. I mean, this book is dense, and I, and I have it marked, if you can see on camera, I have it marked again and again and again because you have so much to share with us. I just want mamas and dads listening today and any kids to know that this is a real thing, that you have real concerns. And, and I, I want to also admit we're in a time where there's so much concern that people just may want to tune out and say, I can't stand to listen to one more problem. But this is one that has been heightened because we're all stuck at home. And it's been proven that kids are more and more on their digital devices and more and more on their smartphones. So you want to nip this in the bud for the health of people's kids. Why don't you just list some of the things? You talk about all kinds of stuff, anxiety, depression, how it's hurting the neuroplasticity of, of their our kids' brains, like literal brain damage, a link to ADHD, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So why don't you first talk about the neuroplasticity thing? Yeah, so basically I got into this, this topic back in 2008 when I was working in a public high school and we, we, we started receiving an unbelievable amount of kids, teenagers diagnosed with ADHD. Uh-huh. That's what got me researching it because ADHD isn't something you catch when you're 14. It's something you're born with and by age eight, if you, you can't not tell that you have ADHD as the average age of diagnosis. So that's how I got into this uh-huh. because we started seeing back then kids just displaying all the symptoms of attention deficit disorder, the, the um, disorganization, a lack of focus. And the research that I found pointed to the fact that because kids were spending so much time in a highly stimulating world called, called technology, that their brains were actually changing. The actual neural pathways of their brains were adapting to the cyber world and essentially unadapting to the real world. Wow. So, so let, yeah. why don't you just list the stuff so, so moms can know we're not exaggerating. We're also not trying to, to instill a bunch of fear because we've got way too much fear right now. What you're trying to say is, let me tell you what's going on, and then let's come to some solutions. You've got five tips you're going to give us at the end of all this. So, so what is yeah, so, um, you know, overuse of our smartphones and our digital devices causing in our kids? Yeah, so the biggest problem is we, have, we now have a mental health epidemic among kids, uh, particularly anxiety, and, and depression is often symptomatic of anxiety. So how does the anxiety set in? Well, you take an adolescent who's already just by nature, you know, an insecure being that comes with the territory, and now you, you know, put in front of them the big screen to everybody else's self-glorified lives, and they begin to see everybody else's wonderful, perfect lives, 
and the mentality that, that eventually develops is, wow, everybody else's life is so much better than mine. My life really stinks. So it's like layering uh, another layer on top of this in- insecurity, which which leads to this anxiety, this this loss of self-esteem and so forth. And, and you know, and it's really, really, I mean, I, I, I could talk for an hour about that, but it's really, really epidemic at this point. And it's because, you know, self, you know, I always, when I'm lecturing, I say self-esteem starts with the word self. It's never something that you're going to get from the outside in, but only, only something that you can achieve from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With God's help, honestly. Um, so I'm, I'm going to list some other things that I read in your book. You, you say there's a new generation of children that have uh, suffering or are suffering from emotional fragility, less resiliency, certain kinds of addiction. Like you say, a lot of teenagers are willing to admit they are literally addicted to their cell phones, to their video games. And, and I wonder sort of how is this going to impact them when they go to college and how is it going to impact our future workforce? Well, that's a great question, something I talk about as well. So it, it kind of works like this. So it, you hear about your IQ, your intelligence quotient, right? Yeah. That's something you're born with. It's fixed. If you have a, an IQ of 115, you're not getting it to 140 no matter how many, how many books you read. <laughs> your EQ is your emotional intelligence, right? And that's not something you're born with. Emotional intelligence, which is the ability to understand your emotions, to regulate your emotions, to empathize with the emotions of others, and to cope with adversities in life. The only way to develop an emotional intelligence requires a tremendous amount of hard work, and it's called face-to-face interaction with other human beings. We are social, emotional beings, period. And when our kids are removed from that, they're not developing that emotional intelligence. Furthermore, you know, recent college graduates, if you talk to any recruiter out there, they will tell you that, you know, they'll get kids with 4.0 GPAs from blue-chip colleges, and when they go on a job interview, there's something missing. And that's that human communication, the ability to communicate non-verbally, the nuances that you pick up and so forth. And that's my biggest fear is that because kids are not, um, you know, literally face to face with one another like they used to be, that when they get out there in the real world and have to deal with that, they're not going to know how to deal with it. And then when there's an adversity, when the boss says, listen, that report you did is terrible, they're not going to be able to cope with it. Yeah, and you tell some incredible stories, a couple of which I will just refer to. You say, your son came home one day, he was out on an outing with the four, you know, five or six of his friends, and he said uh, he was not <laughs> having a good time because basically everybody's fa- face was buried in their phones. And I've literally watched that unfold in my own living room. Um, and, and you also talk about a, a, a very intelligent, I think, college grad who was either sitting in a job interview or something, and she was like offended and, and folding her arms and everything else because she she did not know how to do face-to-face interaction. Can you just expand on, on those kind of behaviors a little bit? You've done your due diligence. Sounds like you read everything. I love it. So, yeah, so the, the first story is my son. It's about four or five years ago. Um, he's 17 now, so I think he was probably about 12. So he didn't have a phone. All of a sudden, all of his friends got phones, and he was very excited to go to a Super Bowl party. And then when he came, when I picked him up, he didn't have that, like, you know, that glimmer in his eyes. Like, he had a good time. And I everything all right? And he said... Yeah, it was, you know, I wanted to watch the game, but everybody was on their phones the whole time. Everybody was on their phones the whole time. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that kind of, I was just like, wow. That's, you know, I knew that was going to happen when all of his friends got, got phones and so forth. The next story is for my son's, uh, one of the Boy Scout transitions things a number of years ago. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine from town, and, and we started talking about this topic. And she goes on to tell me, she's like, you know, she's a, a physician at a university hospital nearby. And she said she was recently interviewing a, a recent medical school graduate, you know, for a residency. And the, the, the young lady was sitting there with her arms folded and she was asking her questions. And the young lady was kind of answering very abruptly. And then finally, when she asked her another question, the young lady said, why are you asking me these questions? 
no, this is the person interviewing for the job. Yeah. So that, that's a little bit that that's a kind of like a, a lack of understanding of how the world works because you haven't really lived in the world. Yeah. And let me say this. And then I want to get to the five solutions that you list at the end of the book, five steps that parents can take, five takeaways. If you need a pen, go get it now because I want parents to be helped in this. I'm going to give you two little personal things and you can weigh in on that and then uh, we can get to those five solutions. Today... I had to discipline my daughter. She's 17. She is supposed to plug her phone in outside of her room so that it's not in her room at night. It's not in her bedroom at night. And she has ignored that again and again, and I'm much too soft. But finally, I put my foot down. and I said, you can't do it. You can't have your phone for a day. So today was the day I took it away, and she was begging for her phone to be able to plug it into her car to be able to listen to music. And she said, Mom, it's not cheating. I'm just listening to music. I'm like, no, this is how dependent you are on your phone. You do not get to have your phone today. And it was very hard for me to do. So I want people to understand this is hard to disconnect your kids. And then secondly, my husband has been through a school shooting, and he did a lot of research. having gone through a school shooting he's now superintendent of the district about the tie between violent video games and those who shoot up our schools there's a huge correlation i'm sure you you know lieutenant uh, colonel dave grossman who's taught who's written about that got do i the right name there um at any rate there's a correlation there so this stuff is insidious and dangerous and we do need to get a hold of it if we want our kids to have a bright future yes a hundred percent so basically what what are we as human beings? We are what we're exposed to. So it starts with our mind, right? Yeah. So wherever our mind is predominantly is what we're absorbing like a sponge into our mental psyche. And then whatever we're absorbing into our sponge, into our mental psyche sponge, is how we feel emotionally. Okay? So I always say that our emotions are really a symptom of our thoughts. And then our outcomes are, are, are the reflection of both of those things. So your daughter, perfect example. Um, you know, it's, I'm glad that you took the phone away for, from her for, for the day um, because, you know, at 17 years old, they, they've become my son. He's 17. He, he was way late getting a phone. But still, even me, I'm get, I'm the guy who wrote the book and I still have to, you know, constantly be on top of it. Yeah, me too. By the way, so just it, so you know, I did not well, give our children, we did not, my husband and I, give our children cell phones till they were 15. So I thought, oh, good, yeah. we're out of the woods. Oh, no, no, no. They still have addiction okay. issues. They still overuse them even though we waited till they were 15. So it still happens. Without question, yeah. Now, you're better off, you know, it's just like anything else. The longer that, the, the later in life a person has their first alcoholic beverage, the less likely they are to become an alcoholic. Okay. So it's the same thing with, with the devices. The, the longer we can, that we can delay it, you know, the better off we'll be and the, more, and the more likely our children will not, you know, develop addictive symptoms to these devices. Okay, that's good to know for a mom listening today who has a two-year-old who can, you know, just yeah. delay. Don't be putting that thing, you know, in the nope. stroller to entertain them. Because your kids are worth so much more than that. All right, so let's get to something good, which is the takeaways, the solutions. I I want to admit, and you've admitted it too, this is a hard thing. This is hard to do with our kids. It's so much easier to let them be entertained and they think happy. But in the end, please know that those phones, those digital devices do not make your kids happy. It's proven. They make them depressed and anxious. So here are the five takeaways that Thomas Kirstein, who, by the way, is the author of a book called Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids from Harmful Effects of Device Dependency. Uh, he's got five takeaways for moms today. So shoot with, at least I hope this is the ones that you refer to. It's the list that starts with keep your child's room clean of screens. Do I have the right list? Yes, that's perfect. So, yeah, you're going to remind me. I appreciate that. I could pop ten of them off the top of my head. So, yeah, number one, keep your kids' rooms free of screens, right? So, any parent listening, if you went and took a, a, a site, if you went back to school right now at the community college and took parenting one-on-one and the professor gives you the textbook, the textbook's first sentence in that textbook is going to say, 
Never, ever allow your kids to have a phone in their bedroom, ever, period. And most kids have them and sleep with them at night. Yeah. Yeah, and that's causing lack of sleep and, and as you've said, yeah, depression. Yeah, and depression and anxiety. Homo, sleep deprivation, all of it. Yeah, and by the way, they, they, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but they have literally tied specific cases of suicide to people's overuse of their phones and social media and all of that. So this is life and death. That's why I'm emphasizing it so much today. Okay, so takeaway number two. All right, so the, the next tip is this, okay, uh, particularly for parents of boys. Do not allow your son, no matter how old he is, to play video games during the school week, okay? Because if he's playing video games during the school week, um, if he's allowed to do that, he's, that's what he's thinking about in the classroom. He can't wait to get home. Uh, girls as well, but boys more predominantly. And when they do get home, they're racing through their homework, racing through their studies so that they can get to those video games, and it's impacting their academics, period. Wow. That's so mm-hmm. huge. Um, number three, takeaway. All right. Now, a third tip for everybody right now is bring back the family dinner. Okay. So when I grew up, and probably you as well, you know, it was mandatory. We would yeah. sit around the table, the cursing family. We'd say grace. Yeah. And we would have dinner, and all of the research shows that families who have regular meals together most nights of the week, the kids in your family are less likely to get involved in drug and alcohol abuse, are more likely to do well in school, and are more likely to be successful adults one day. Just the, the regular conversation around yeah. the Yeah, I've actually had a whole so show on that. How about sitting down at dinner is going to make your kids more successful? Okay, we've only got about three minutes left, maybe four, but uh, so tip number four. What's that? Tip, oh, number four. Yeah. All right, so number four is this, all right? So what I want, peop- what, what I want people to understand is that you do not have to send your child to school with the phone, right? Ah. So it's become sort of the umbilical cord for parents. So they want to be able to get in touch with their kids all the time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna promote a company right now that everybody should should log on to right now. It's called Gab Wireless, and they make a phone. We call I call it a wise phone instead of a smartphone because it looks like a smartphone, but doesn't do anything a smartphone does. All you can do is make phone calls and text. So this this idea of I'll never be caught dead with a with a flip phone, you know, in my pocket, eradicates that right away. Yeah, yeah. And what's tip number five, Thomas? All right, so here's another one, another tip. All right, it's more, more of a suggestion. All right, and if you had, this is for parents of teenagers. If your teenager doesn't hate you, <laughs> I heard that one time before, but, but in all honesty, like, you know, we have to remember that. My, uh, mine did this morning. Mine was, close to, yeah, mine was close to hating me this morning when I was taking away that phone. But go on, go on. <laughs> But, but it's true. Like, you know, I think we've, we've kind of become a nation where it's all about, like, you know, sort of comforting our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of insulating them from any emotional pain and so forth. But, we, you know, we are, if our kids aren't getting upset with us, then we, we may not be taking the actions that we need to take as parents. So just keep that in mind. If your kid gets upset with you, it's okay. We want that. We don't always want to appease them because then we're just enabling them. Yeah, and I'm going to add two more on your list, and I'm going to have you tell people how to find you and your book. You say limit screen time for entertainment purposes to two hours per day. You can log that. That's enough. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, you say be a role model. So shut off your own phone. They have discovered that kids truly are saddened when their parents won't look up at them and are glued to their own screens, and it, it impacts that relationship. So be a good role model for your kids. Put down your own phone. All right, Thomas Kirsting, the author of Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids from the Harmful Effects of Device Dependency. How do they find you and your book so you just go to my website it's, uh, tomkirsting.com you can buy the book anywhere it comes out next week national national release date august 4th but you could pre-order, pre-order it right now on amazon um, i would re- any parent that gets this book 
is going to tell every other parent you have to get this book. That's what the 200 and something reviews that are already up there say. Yeah. I mean, it's why, it's why I had you on the show because I thought every parent <laughs> I know needs to hear this, even if they've got a 21-year-old uh, or a 2-year-old. Yep. I mean, it, it, it's relevant to, for all of us. Um, everyone. everyone. Uh, absolutely. So so thank you for writing it. And, um, you know, be sh- maybe we should have you on again just to, to uh, issue this warning. We'll put a link to you on our Facebook page, on uh, our Instagram as well if we can. It's hard to put inst- links on Instagram, I've discovered. Anyway, <laughs> we'll put links on our social media too. Thanks so much for being on the show, Tom. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. So I really hope that was a help to you today. That's why I have every guest that I have on. Because I want it to bless a mom's life. I want it to change your kids' lives for the better. So hopefully you can follow some of the principles he gave us out of his book, Disconnected. And a reminder to you about how we can help you. Channel Mom is out there to encourage every single mom. The world forgets to thank you. They forget to appreciate you. They forget to lift up the job of motherhood. That's why we do it. I want to remind you that you're raising that next generation. One of the most important jobs on the planet So, you know, I always like to thank you at the end of the show for all that you sacrifice, all that you do. Even if you feel like nobody notices, I notice, God notices. Thank you for raising your babies well. Please be sure to check out a number of things. We got a a, a sweet email this week from a woman named Cynthia who said, hey, I want to volunteer for some of your outreaches for moms. We are going into the prisons when they let us back in to encourage the moms there and teach them good parenting principles so maybe their children won't end up in prison as well. We can stop that legacy. We're helping moms transition out of homelessness into healthy, stable lives stable living. We do channel mom coffees to come into suburban homes, rural homes, city homes to encourage moms in the home. We do all kinds of stuff. So check us out at channelmom.com. I'd love it if you pray for us or if you donate to us. I'd be blessed by that. But above all, thank you for being a mom. God bless you. Have a beautiful weekend. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.